0: Welcome to the Serving Leaders podcast, where we talk about health and ministry leadership. On this episode, Serving Leaders Communications Director, Angela Carnuccio, continues her interview with Dave Wiedes about his three-month sabbatical, how he knew it was time to take a sabbatical, what he learned, and how he planned it so as not to squander the gift. After listening, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and rate it five stars if you liked it. You can also go to www.servingleaders.org for more gospel centered resources and to sign up for a newsletter to always stay up to date with serving leaders. Hi, everyone. We are back with part two of our sabbatical episode. Kicking us off, I want to ask you, Dave can you tell me if someone were to come to you and they have questions about their sabbatical, how they should plan it, what they should do, what would you recommend?
1: I would recommend that they, that it's great that they're thinking about it well in advance. It's, it's even a year in advance is not too early to plan a sabbatical. Um, and I would say if they can do it, to get a sabbatical coach, somebody who will sit down with them in the planning stage and really think about the reasonable uh, plans for what to do during the sabbatical. And I would also, um, now, if, if somebody's taking out a sabbatical on an emergency basis or only has a month or two to plan, you can do that. Uh, I know one pastor who got a Lilly grant, which is a, uh, a substantial sum of money in which uh, they, the Lilly Foundation actually helps for a pastor to, to dream and go on a wonderful sabbatical. So they might fund a trip to Europe or a trip to some island for you and the family Um, so that takes a lot of planning, uh, grant writing actually, Mm -hmm. but, uh, even there to get somebody who will help you plan number one. And then some pastors will use sabbatical coach, even on a weekly basis during the sabbatical to check in with the sabbatical coach or counselor, Mm -hmm. um, to address some of the things that come up. Like I mentioned, uh, anxiety. Mm -hmm. Well, what's my anxiety about? I need someone to talk through that. Or some of the lingering questions like, well, am I important? Like, the church seems to be going on without me really well. Maybe I need to leave.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, these are kinds of questions that might come up. Mm-hmm. So that that's a, big, a biggie is to really plan it and have a sabbatical coach to do that.
0: Okay. So I'm assuming you had a sabbatical coach.
1: I did. Okay. I did, yeah. Tell me
0: more about that.
1: Well, for me, I, I felt like I had really planned sabbatical pretty well. And so I used a, 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 a gentleman named Brett Payne. And uh, I, only, I only touched base with him a few times to plan, to think about what, what we're going to do, what's reasonable to do, and then unpack some of the things that I was experiencing. So I, I was sort of an outlier in that I only used him two or three times. But I would encourage people to, to use someone who, who knows sabbaticals <clears throat> and really can help you determine what, um, you know, what to expect. Mm-hmm. The other thing that um, that Miho and I did with Brett was we had a six hour meeting in the, ahead of time. Uh, we used the Enneagram as a tool. Both Miho and I took the Enneagram, and then Brett sat down and talked with us about what you know some of our traits, some of the areas of that might have a natural conflict between us just because of our personalities. Of course, we've been married a long time, so we knew most of this, mm-hmm. but it was good to be reinforced. And also for Miho to understand what a sabbatical is and what the purpose is and that she was involved. So she and I went on some trips together. Uh, You know, not everybody can do that, but we did do that. And that was, uh, you know, really a healthy thing to do
2: as well. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -mm. That's great. So I'm hearing you say that it's really important to plan your sabbatical. Yes. When I think Mm -hmm. of sabbatical and rest, I also think of this open-handedness where you kind of, not necessarily take each day as it comes, but you're open to what might happen. So do you feel like um, it's easy to create a balance or for you personally, what was that like?
1: I, um, I liked having a chunk, like a week or two of, uh, knowing what I was going to be doing Mm -hmm. generally. So, for example, we scheduled that um, a week-long trip to Texas for, this, for the retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, and we scheduled going to Europe well in advance. Because, you know, what happens is there's a lot of anxiety and stress about planning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you haven't planned. Mm-hmm. Um, I, know, I know one pastor, for example, who had a grant where, uh, because of COVID, I think things got all shifted around. So he spent a good week. You know what it would take to plan for your family to go to Europe, let's say, or to, to do some kind of trip. It takes a lot of time to research hotels and airfare, and, et cetera. So you don't want to be caught up in that kind of planning and scheduling when you're on your sabbatical. That's if you can help it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So for me, um, you know, a typical day, I'd get up <clears throat> and I'd think, okay, I'm going to go down to, let's just say Longwood Gardens. And I'm going to spend a few hours there. And I'm going to spend it in silence. I'm going to be, be in solitude. Um, I'm going to avoid getting into you know extended times with friends, for example. Mm. Now, here's what I did. I thought about who are people that really, really give me life. And I enjoy being with And There's mutuality there. And uh, a pastor friend of mine who's close and we've known each other for 30 years, we scheduled basically taking long walks once a week or once every other week. And I'd get with him and we'd walk. But it was refreshing. I wasn't becoming his counselor. Um, and he wasn't really becoming my counselor. We just shared. And, and we have this relationship where it's healthy and and, and life giving to each of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, frankly, if you think about some people that you're with, sometimes it's more draining than others. Mm-hmm. Some people are more draining than others. So, as much as you want to be giving, the sabbatical is not the time to be doing that. The mm-hmm. sabbatical is the time to be. Resting, silence, solitude, Mm -hmm. alone time. And by the way, if you're an introvert, you'll just eat that up. As an extrovert, to me, that was challenging. Mm -hmm. That was probably the biggest source of anxiety going into it, was Mm -hmm. how much time I'd be spending alone.
0: Sure. Can you tell me more about that? I mean, did you have to have conversations with your friends explaining that you were taking time off from them? Did some of them take it personally, especially since you said there were friends who were mutually life-giving to you that you did want to spend time with?
1: Yeah, well, I haven't had any friends tell me that they took it personally, but they may have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but here, here's a typical scenario. Here, here's the typical um, talk that a pastor needs to have with the congregation. The congregation needs to be prepared that Pastor so-and-so is going on sabbatical. What that means is he is not going to be available. He's not going to talk with you, be on the phone with you. No contact whatsoever. And if you see him in a store, don't go up and say hello to him really let him have his space okay
2: mm-hmm.
1: now here's what typically happens and i've heard i've heard people say this so there's typically 5 or 10 people in or more in the congregation who think well i'm the pastor's best friend and so therefore this will be a great time for us to get together and what has to happen is the pastor or someone on the pastor's behalf has to say something like even you people who think you're the best friend
2: mm-hmm.
1: um it's, it's hands off,
2: mm-hmm.
1: no contact. Most pastors get a, another cell phone, they, they change their number, they change their emails. That's a big issue, I've, I've, I've coached pastors in, in this issue of, uh, you know, a pastor of a megachurch wanted to get the emails that hit on his normal email, um, from his normal email address, and well, what would happen is, how many emails does he get a day? You know, 50 to 100, maybe more? Many of those are people who are Talking about church, talking about friends, friendship, talking about problems. That's not going to go well if you're if you're on your email.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's counterproductive to um, you know to the um, purpose of the sabbatical. Mm-hmm. So here, Joe would review my emails. Mm. Now I'm not going to tell you I didn't look at my emails, but I did. I was really good about having a balance there and like not worrying about things that were coming through. Okay. There's probably two or three times during the summer that I did respond to something that I considered, oh, I really need to address this.
0: Okay. And, yeah. But it sounds like, for the most part, checking your emails wasn't really that much of a temptation for you.
1: For me it wasn't. Okay. I mean, I, I did. and it, Like, when I saw something, I knew Joe was seeing it, mm-hmm. so I wasn't worried about it.
0: Okay. Were there other temptations for you to do your work or to spend time with friends that might not be so life-giving?
1: Uh, Some, Mm -hmm. some, and I just just said, I just sort of said no, I didn't make too many commitments. There were a couple of people I said I wanted to get with, and I did want to get with them, and I didn't get a chance to. Mm -hmm. Here's what happened. This was a sort of weird experience for me. Normally, if you look at my calendar, there are things, people, appointments that I see, and I really enjoy having a full or semi-full schedule. Here's here's what was really weird for me. After I got in this rhythm of not having anything on my calendar which was weird to look at my calendar and go, there's nothing on it. Later in the sabbatical, if someone, you know, even a friend said, hey, maybe we can get together for dinner, you and Mio and me and my wife. Putting, writing something on the calendar created anxiety. Wow. Like, I, I got to the point where I don't want to put anything on the calendar, which was, for me, a healthy thing. Mm. You know, for other people that might not be so healthy, but for me, I knew, okay, this is a good sign. Or I... If I was invited to something i would I was like, "I actually don't want to go, so for me again, that was healthy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not
1: healthy for everybody you know you, you have to know yourself
0: mm-hmm. so okay, yeah,
1: so <clears throat>
0: this is um this is kind of an inverted question that I asked before, coming back off from your sabbatical, re-entering work yeah. um, <clears throat> was it pretty easy for you to transition besides the calendar thing, or did it take a while?
1: Well, can I be honest with you, please all right. <laughs> Again, expectations, right? Yeah. One would think, okay, boy, you've been off for three months. You're refreshed. You're you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna come back on the first day, and I'm like, yeah. here I am. Let's go. And I was warned. I mean, and I warned other pastors. You don't want to come back on day one full speed. You want a gradual reentry, right? This one of the f- mm-hmm. phases is reentering, and a reentry you want to schedule it to be gradual. You don't want it to be fast. Now, honestly, here's how I felt. I felt like, no, I'm not. I don't particularly want to go back.
2: Mm.
1: I'm I was a very ambivalent. Now why? I was in a I was in a very healthy balance, or a healthy mode, and I was not shocked that I didn't want to jump back in. And here's here's what I really feel like. I feel like it was a healthy thing, because during my sabbatical there was a healthy detachment from ministry. You know, you can be in a way, attached to ministry in an unhealthy way by getting your identity from it, uh, suppressing your anxiety with it, uh, feeling important from it, you know, all of these things, its it can be heady, right? People are calling you to counsel them, blah, blah, blah. You know, that can be heady. I felt like, f- for me personally, I felt like, you know, I'm not, this is a little hard. I, I, I'm not really ready, I don't wanna come back. I'm not ready to assume these responsibilities. And I had to go through some motions first few weeks now I'm I'm feeling like I'm back in the rhythm now I'm back two months but but it didn't shock me didn't undo me didn't make me think oh I need to quit or I need to find something else to do it just felt like normal and healthy detachment like I'm not that important there are other people who can serve Uh, this is this is a good thing it's okay Mm -hmm. so it was a hard. it was a little harder adjustment in that sense than I thought Mm -hmm. I'm not being too honest about that but that's that's the truth
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. I wouldn't say you're being too honest at all. I would love to know, tell me about your intimacy with Christ during yeah. your sabbatical. What did that look like?
1: For me, um, going on that retreat with soul shepherding was very helpful to to cement in some spiritual disciplines. And one of the things that we had was three hours of alone time with Christ. And to me, again, that in, at the outset sounds a little daunting, but... there's such an amazing beauty about slowing down your life, really slowing down your life, that you're not doing one thing on top of another thing, not rushing to the store and rushing to be efficient, etc. So I started to have much more alone time with God and lowering my expectations about that. So having times of silence, paying attention to what's coming up in me that I don't pay attention to. I don't have the luxury of paying attention to. What are the emotions that are coming up? What are the thoughts that are coming up? What are my doubts? What are my problems? What are the prior traumas? What? Just paying attention to what's coming up. And um, over time, um, that that became the norm. And my intimacy with Christ really developed in in breath prayers. And just being with Christ and not trying to Read a chunk of Bible and getting five principles out of it, but more like being with him. Mm-hmm. Um, silence, solitude, breath prayers, being very simple prayers. Jesus, here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, um, I adore you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you love me. Mm-hmm. You know, And slowing down to the point where I felt like my intimacy with Christ was quite um, increased. In many ways. And my peace and my lack of anxiety were sort of uh, demonstrating, demonstrating that closeness.
0: Why do you think all ministry leaders need to take a sabbatical?
1: Well, I would modify to say those ministry leaders who have the luxury or have the opportunity to. There's, mm-hmm. there's millions of pastors who are bivocational. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are places where people just, it's not even, you know, it's not even on the radar. Um, I think sabbatical, just like Sabbath, let's think about Sabbath for a minute. Mm -hmm. God commands us to take a Sabbath, not in a legalistic thing of you can't do this, you can't do that, but in order to stop, rest, refresh, and enjoy God.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And to just stop doing the things that we normally do. God God rested on the seventh day. We're commanded. So similarly, to, to have the luxury of taking a sabbatical, where you slow down you decouple from ministry you get you get a different perspective you get a different view of god and a view of yourself and a different view of ministry it's very very healthy to Mm -hmm. do so if a pastor or ministry leader can do that i would very much encourage them to do that Mm -hmm. Um, and if you can't take three months take two if you can't take two take one Um, most pastors i know take don't take sufficient time off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, as Peace Cazaro often says, you know, do we spend sufficient time with God to sustain our doing for God? And a sabbatical really helps cement that in. I mean, we need it on a daily and a weekly basis, but mm-hmm. also a sabbatical every seven years or so mm-hmm. is
0: ideal. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know you mentioned that for those who have the luxury to be able to take a sabbatical, yes. it's recommended. Now, yes. out of those people who can, Yeah. Who do you think should, so on a pastoral staff, you obviously have pastors, elders, you have <clears throat> people serving <throat> in the kids' ministry full-time. <clears throat> sure. Do you think everyone on full-time pastoral staff should be able to take one if they can? It, if
1: they can, yes, I do. Children's ministers, elders, <clears throat> you know, it depends on the functions. Of <clears throat> some, some Some churches have elders who are, you know, they have full-time jobs and they're serving as an elder in the church, so oftentimes elders will roll off and they'll talk about it as a sabbatical, but it's not a real sabbatical. But t- yes, um, <clears throat> I've seen I've seen children's ministers, uh, co-pastors, associate pastors, etc. Anybody in the helping profession, even counselors, uh, would be a great idea to take time, really plan t- time off, um, and a sabbatical if possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> but it, again, I, I don't want to presume that everybody can do that. Um, it is a luxury, and I'm very, very grateful mm-hmm. To serving leaders, to allowing me to do it, the board and uh, you know, and the people here who were so competent to be able to step in, to step up, and do the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not that important. I mean, that's a that's a big, <laughs> that's a really big thing to understand. We're not that important.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you know, some some people, you know, in churches, think about pillars of the church. You know, there are people in churches. And sometimes we think we're so important, but believe me, when you leave or when you pass away, you'll be missed for a little while and people do move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's humbling in a sense, mm-hmm. but it's it's good to have a, the right perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, can anybody name the pastor of the, one of the largest churches, um, you know, that was in existence in 1950 or 1960 or 1980 or 1990, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we think we're that important.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So you had mentioned a lot of the benefits of taking a sabbatical mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. I'm curious, how mm-hmm. does a pastor or ministry leader taking a sabbatical positively impact the congregation and those around him or her?
1: Yeah, well, well first of all, pastor comes back refreshed, mm-hmm. ideally, right? Refreshed um, with new perspectives, cult, uh, having cultivated more intimacy with Christ, um, so there's a lot of benefit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I'm coming back here with much more capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was fried and burned out, to get a phone call uh, with someone with a problem on the other end, as much as I wanted to help them, I was, it was taxing. I'm not feeling that at all now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so, so number one, there's, there's personal rejuvenation. Number two, you're demonstrating and provide, you're modeling mm-hmm. To your staff and others, priorities. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure in churches to be productive, and to get with the program, and to get new programs, and get more people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's counterproductive sometimes, and it's counter gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the, is the is the is the priority getting more people, or is the priority um, serving God in a balanced way? that you steward your ministry so that you're in it for the long haul. You know, it's the difference between a marathon and a in a sprint. And if we take the uh, the idea that no, we don't want to burn out our people. We don't want to burn out our pastors. We want to be in it for the long haul. That's stewarding the gift of ministry that God's given to ministry leaders. If you don't take care of yourself and you don't model that for your congregation, then they will follow your lead and they will ultimately be uh, fried, you know, and, and it, it's counterproductive. Um, so, yeah, there's great benefits, great, great benefits. And these are values, by the way, that we can, we can give lip service to them or we can actually embrace them. Mm-hmm. If we give lip service to them, then we're just going to be hypocritical mm-hmm. and we're going to hurt people. If we embrace the values of, of biblical balance in life, serving God, loving God, Slowing down to be with Him, cultivating intimacy with Christ, so that ministry is um, a, a product of your relationship with Christ, as opposed to something we sort of grasp and do and and just white knuckle.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's so much. It's so much restful, much more powerful, much more productive, and uh, I think much more in line with with a biblical model.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. If people want to find out more about sabbatical or want to listen sure. to more sabbatical resources or read about it, uh, what would you recommend?
1: Um, there are a number of books out there on sabbatical, um, and the top the, the names are not coming to mind in, in the moment. But um, Pete Scazzaro has a great podcast, and if you look at his podcast and resources on sabbatical, he's got he's got a couple of them that really f- fill out and, and talk about how to do it and the benefits of it. Um, I would recommend also. Uh, I interviewed our pastor Phil Carnuccio many years ago on a Trinity broadcast TV show that is now still on our website, and it's a four, fifteen-minute part interview of his sabbatical. And I think it has a lot of really good information. He's he's very articulate in sharing some of the. I think we called it the blessings and challenges of sabbaticals. Um, but there's there's uh, there's there's good resources out there, and you know maybe we can put something in our, in our notes on that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. I know I personally have learned so much. Yeah. You're making me want to take sabbatical actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah well, that's, I, I hope that people, I hope that ministry leaders will really consider that and, yeah. and understand the benefits of it. Um, and um, the, the people can feel free to give me a call if they have questions. You know about some of the particulars of sabbatical or some of the challenges. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to talk to them. But thank you, Angela, for, for switching roles here and, and interviewing me.
0: Sure. It's been so fun. And thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thanks so much for listening. And we hope you'll join us for our next episode at Serving Leaders Ministries podcast. If you like this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and rate it five stars. For additional resources or to find out more about our counseling services, you can go to www.servingleaders.org.